Good morning. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Urban Show. We present news and views from God's point of view. We're very happy today to have Steve Cox on. He's a candidate for sheriff here in Jefferson County. He's in independent. So yeah, please introduce yourself. Oh, great. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, again, my name is Steve Cox. Uh, I am a candidate for sheriff of Jefferson County. Uh, I'm an independent candidate, which means I am uh, politically unaffiliated, and I've been like that since the the, the day that I registered uh, as a voter. So I'm a, I'm a lifelong independent individual. Um, <clears throat> on top of that, my feel about law enforcement is politics shouldn't be involved in that arena. Uh, so I, I like the fact that I'm, I'm an independent and I'm running for sheriff. Uh, uh, using my background and experience. Okay. Yeah. So right now, like here in Jefferson County, what do you think the uh, biggest issue is like right at the moment from, or at least for the like law enforcement or, or sheriff's department? It's addiction. Hands down. Um, uh, our drug problem. Uh, we, we've had, we've had a, a war on drugs. Uh, that that I think that phrase was kind of coined with Ronald Reagan. So we're, we've been going through this war on drugs for a very long time. And we've been able to do a lot of good things with it, but we can't get ahead of it. And it's because of this one component that's in there. It's called addiction. We cannot police our way out of the war on drugs uh, if we continue to ignore addiction. And I've been talking about this, and I've actually been talking about it for a very long time, much longer than I've even been running sheriff. If we don't get a handle on addiction, if we don't help with addiction. And when I say we, I mean the government. We don't try to help the addiction. We are never really going to make any good, solid um, uh, headway in the war on drugs. So addiction is, in my opinion, our county, I'm not speaking nationwide, but our county, uh, that is our county's largest uh, problem. It absolutely drives uh, most of the crime that happens in this county. And I say that with confidence uh, using my uh, 20 plus years in law enforcement locally and everywhere else to to see that it is our number one issue okay do you think so like how did we get here that i guess it's a relevant question like you know in my mind i work on some health issues not particularly addiction but you know with like health freedom vaccine choice there's some interplay because they involve large pharmaceutical companies and it like was there I read somewhere, okay, you can clarify or give your take on this, but that a, a good percentage of people, you know, got addicted to prescription painkillers. What do you think about that? Is that a, th a big factor or not really? Well, it's a horrible thing. Uh, and it's true. A lot of this stems from uh, prescribed medicines. We, in law enforcement, we know that people will actually jump on an airplane and fly to other states and scoop up uh, a, a bunch of prescriptions 
and I'm, I'm talking about a written prescription, you know, back in the old days, a written prescription, and they will uh, collect a bunch of these up. They'll, they'll obtain the prescriptions and they'll come back to West Virginia and, and sell them. Mm. That's just one method, but that's something that probably was a, at least a big thing uh, going back about 10, five to 10 years ago. It was one way, probably a, a, a major way that a lot of that was coming into our area. But prescription drugs is no doubt a huge factor in um, our addiction problem right now. And when those prescriptions run out, uh, those uh, addicts tend to run over to the illicit side of things and, and get those. Yeah. Wonder. Yeah. And so since this is, a, you're talking about a more holistic approach, obviously I saw on your website too, you know, you can't really combat it well. I mean, you can combat it to some extent through, you know, arresting people or jailing them. But like this kind of like, wow, it seems like it exploded in the last decade, right? Where this whole prescription drug thing where there didn't used to be opioids prescribed. I mean, I guess, I don't know if it was 10 or more years ago than that. And now it's like we got this huge mess. I guess what I'm getting at is, should more be done on the legislative side or the business side or is something, I mean, did profit like cause profit motive at the expense of, uh, how do you say, health of the society cause a lot of this or am I making any sense? Oh yeah, and I would hope that health officials and pharmaceuticals would not have pushed the use of these drugs uh, to, to gain pure profit. That, that would, uh, um, it, it's probably has happened, but that would be a very big issue. And to go back to the legislative side of things, I do think that this is an area, um, and, I, and I'm not for bigger, more government, but I think this is one of those areas where government does exist to make things better for us. And I think that they should get involved and see what we can do about uh, introducing some legislation that would help prevent that problem. However, I will say that the medical field, the doctors themselves making these prescriptions, um, uh, computer related programs that are tracking. Uh, prescriptions have helped a great deal. It's just not enough. It's okay. like like telling police that you know you know you you're doing a great job, but we still have a drug crisis. Yes, we we all understand this, uh, and and I'd like to see that it doesn't fall squarely always on law enforcement. Um, it's it's got to be shared, and that's where I say you know addiction addiction services and that sort of thing. We've got to. Uh, get something done with that. Even like you were saying at the legislative side, why can't we get some government assistance some legislation that helps with addiction? Yeah, I remember reading not so long ago about the, um, what were they called? I think they've been shut, they have been shut down now, I'm saying, but the like illicit drug prescribers, like some town in West Virginia, it wasn't here in Jefferson County, they got like 
six million or sixty million or some ridiculous number of some prescriptions that it would have been enough for every person in the county to have like fifty pills or something. It was crazy. Yeah, there, there's doctors out there who uh, do make money just based on passing out uh, prescriptions, and I've heard about these doctors who have issued millions and millions and millions of, of pills to um, you know a handful of people. Yeah, so that hopefully, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the the profit thing. I mean, being in the I don't know if you're aware of the health freedom, which is kind of another issue. You know, meaning like you know, vaccination choice, that kind of thing. I've seen some nexus. You know, that these profit motives can actually go awry. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. listen, I I don't want to throw a bunch of mud uh, at at politicians, but uh, I I don't think that anybody is blind, and they and most all people have seen how politicians' pockets get filled with money even by pharmaceutical companies that are right. pushing for the wrong reason. No. Yeah. Campaign donations. That's definitely a factor. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, on another topic, like, you know, with the current COVID-19 situation, there's been different restrictions put in place by the governor and the health department. And I had a funny experience on, um, was it Memorial Day? Yes, Memorial Day. <laughs> I went down to like, uh, what is it? Moulton Park. I'm, I live in Shenandoah. And I uh, decided to you know, have a picnic down there with a friend. Notice they had removed all the tables. I thought, why are they wasting your money removing all the tables? Anyway, the point was, it said the park was closed. Like there were people sitting around anyway. And honestly, nobody was bothering them. But to get to the question, would you, as a law enforcement official, try to enforce dubious mandates like okay this park's closed or even you know this has happened in other jurisdictions i know it happened in berkeley county some store was said okay well you know you violate uh, the barbershop in fact you violated our mandate you know you have to be closed so presumably the sheriff would be sent out closed as store how would you handle things like that all right well let's talk directly to uh the executive orders that came down uh, th there is uh, nothing in these executive orders that allow or give the power to law enforcement to have any enforcement uh, role in that at all. What we've seen locally, for instance, in Shepherdstown, the town council issued orders to the uh, Shepherdstown Police Department. Now, we need to remember that the police departments are run by the elected mayor. Uh, so when, when the council got together and, and they and the mayor decided that they were going to enforce face mask regulations that they couldn't necessarily enforce, they decided they were going to use the law of that covers trespassing. If you're asked to put a face mask on and you fail to do so, they're going to call the police on you. Um, can they do that? Well, if you refuse to leave their store, yes, you can be arrested for trespassing. Uh, but we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't rely on police to police this issue. As a sheriff, if I were to become elected sheriff, uh, I will not be sending my deputies on calls that initiate from the refusal to wear 
face masks. Now, I know a lot of people would say that I'm now completely against face masks. That's, that's not the issue here. I encourage everybody to wear a face mask. I wear them myself. However, it is not going to be uh, uh, something that you're going to have me responding to. Once you tell people, yes, call us, we're going to come and make somebody wear a face mask, you're going to get thousands of calls. And I don't simply have time to enforce face masks. I will not do it. Okay, that's clear. So, so to, to make things clear, but here's the, and if you, if you allow me to, to get into this a little bit more. Sure, go ahead. On my Facebook page, you'll see a writing that I put up many months ago. And it was in response to Shepherdstown's um, request of the law enforcement to get involved in this. And I put it out, and I actually got a lot of positive comments about it. I had some few, I had a few that were negative. Um, people, uh, I, I, I think, tried to twist it a little bit and talk about the fact that uh, I'm, I'm uh, I don't care about people's property rights. And that, that's 100% wrong because if you go back maybe a month or so, you'll see that I've made a, a posting about uh, erecting illegal signs in, on other people's property. I did see that. I saw what you said. I pointed this out and tried to explain to everybody what the laws are. And so, no, it, property rights, property rights. But what I wanted to explain is shop owners, business owners, you don't want to get involved in forcing face masks on people. What if there's a, 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 a guardian and a child in a store? This child has a, um, an issue with wearing a mask, whether it be a disability or something like that. One of the uh, examples brought to me was uh, uh, a child with Down syndrome. And they were taking the child out to socialize, it was, it, was, it was education, it was life experience of, of socializing. And, and wouldn't you feel really bad if you were the one that walked up to the parents and said, your kid has to have a mask on to be in my store. And they said, well, listen, we're just trying to do our thing. They said, well, leave, and, and it gets all heated. The law enforcement shows up and now law enforcement is involved. We just took the, the, the uh, socialization part of this experience um, and, and decrease that child's social, uh, social activity and awareness, and, and we just dropped that level. We, we just destroyed anything that was even uh, happened that day or, or maybe m many days before that because somebody called the you know, law enforcement. Or uh, there's, a, there's a case out there where, where two people in a store got into an argument and um, one of the individuals pulled out a knife and stabbed uh, the other person. That turned into a pursuit. Law enforcement got involved. And that individual was so enraged about what happened that they charged law enforcement. Law enforcement discharged their weapons, and that person is now dead. Uh, now we have an officer with a death on their hands because of a silly face mask. Right. Uh, issue that's that somebody had how are we going to uh, conduct ourselves what, what are we going to think when this that type of situation comes here to Jefferson County 
and it becomes a national news issue. And we bring all of that drama and all of that attention down on us. And we have the rioting and all of that type of stuff that goes along with these uh, situations. So arguing and fussing over face masks just isn't worth it in the long run. And as sheriff, I simply am not going to get involved with it. Okay. You know, shutting enough. down businesses. We saw that right here in Jefferson County. Uh, the sheriff got involved with shutting down a business. What, what business of the sheriff's is that? It's none. Absolutely none. It's a health department issue. If and only when the health department has an issue and they try to shut that down and that individual declines to cooperate and they take it to a civil court and that civil court then renders uh, to me uh, documentation that says, hey, he has to shut down, then I will get involved as right. I'm required to do as a sheriff in those civil issues. But before so that, that, it never got that far, did it? I mean, never went that I never far. understood that. That I think I know what you're talking about. Like the, I know the golf, golf course, course. gun range or shut down, I the, think. But the the, I don't believe any papers were ever filed. That, that was part of the issue, right? No, and uh, I, I don't want there was more issues than I think just a, a executive order from the governor that came down about uh, businesses and such. But I'd like to point out that it was the only golf course shut down in the entire state of West Virginia. And uh, Governor Jim Justice, who made the uh, executive order, didn't shut any of his own golf courses down. I'm not blaming right. Justice for this. I'm just saying it happened to be the only one that was attacked. And the sheriff had zero, absolutely no reason to get involved with that. Right, I see what you're saying. Yeah, well, that's why I'm asking about it. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. On another issue here, a more local one, you know, here in Shenandoah, I've been working like with Steve Harris about, you know, the, the idea of, or not idea, the fact that there's another exit needed for Shenandoah to the south because of the large number of people, like 4,000 plus, and there's no way to evacuate an emergency. So my question is, and we talked to, or Steve talked to Sheriff Doherty, and there's, there's no um, emergency plan. So the short question is like, from your viewpoint as you know, future sheriff possibly, would you support that kind of um, idea? Like, I think the sheriff is, of course, not in charge of roads, obviously, but, he is in charge of like emergency situations and things. So it seems uh, to be a problem if I'm making sense. Yeah, so um, you, you say 4,000 plus, I'm gonna say more of the plus side on that. Yeah. I think a lot more people up there uh, than that. Um, but those, those individuals, um, my, the job of sheriff, comes down to the fact that uh, I, I, you know, or one of his duties is 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 the safety of the public, and the sheriff isn't responsible for building roads, but the sheriff is responsible for the safety. And when a a safety issue is presented, like the access up there, one intersection to feed everybody out of, um, that that's a huge issue. 
and it's not a new issue. It's been around for a long time, and I've heard other people talk about it. I've heard other people run on uh, the fact that we're going to do something about this road. And what have we seen? Quite frankly, we haven't seen anything. Right. They get in office, and it's never brought up again. If you go to the office and you talk to somebody, they're going to say, oh, yeah, you know, we've done or tried or we've got these plans. Um, so let, let me just tell you what it is that I think I can do. Okay, go ahead. One, when the new road was built between Martinsburg and Ranson or Charles, Charlestown, the attorney that was responsible for the land transfers uh, happens to be a family friend of, of mine that I've known most all of my life. Uh, I have spoken with him uh, since he was involved in the process. We can't build a road without transferring land. It's just not going to happen. So I've, I've talked to him about that and, and he's given me some ideas. Uh, secondly, this problem has to be taken to the state level. And you have to have elected officials to do that. I have no doubt that the elected officials will be backed by the, by the citizens of Jefferson County. I know that. I've talked to enough people about this. But you have to have elected officials take this and make it an issue for the state to remedy. Uh, so my plan would be uh, to deliver the safety aspect issue to the uh, legislators and get their attention to get the money together and get a road built. Take it to the state roads, then follow that with uh, moving straight up into uh, legislation if that's what needs to be if the executive branch won't do something about it. Uh, but that, that would be my plan. Okay. Yeah. It's, been, it's not been a huge campaign uh, issue for me. Uh, it's, uh, I've, I've got a lot of things I would love to talk about, so I'm not running on one thing, but that is something that I have put thought into. And I feel like as, as, as the responsible elected person for safety, I have to bring that safety issue because God forbid something happens, that mountain can turn into a, 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 a huge fireball in a, in a matter of no time at all. And how are we going to get people out of there through one intersection? It's, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, yeah. And, and guess what? We see that West Virginia and Virginia has been willing to get on board with road expansion in this area. You know, we built the new road up to uh, the top of the mountain, and Virginia has now opened up their construction on the other end of this. So, are you talking about Raven Rocks or something else? Uh, route nine. Oh, yeah. Oh, Route nine, absolutely. <laughs> the new Route nine. That's right. Yeah, the new Route nine uh, on on both sides of the of the line. Virginia, West Virginia. They've been really cooperative and and helpful at getting that expansion project done. So, if if we think we can get anything done, it might just be right now might be in the next four years well yeah i mean most uh i've been talking to different you know neighbors and um most of them the great majority you know are supportive of, of that kind of thing and and realize the need for it over here so that's definitely 
you know, a, a good thing. Yeah. You mentioned on, on another topic. Um, okay, so that's good. Uh, you mentioned about, you know, increasing or that maybe your second most important issue is morale of the police department. And I guess that might interrelate somewhat with the issue of training. Like, would you do anything different or introduce anything? Or would you like to just generally address that issue of morale and maybe the related issue of training officers or that kind of thing? So I think good leadership coming in will help fix officer morale. I also believe that getting somebody in there that the guys actually know is going to be good for them. Most of those guys, actually, everybody except for two of those uh, deputies working over there uh, came in uh, during my uh, tenure there in Ranson, uh, maybe just after I started. I can I can think of maybe two two guys, Dave Colbert and, and Foreman, who have been there just a little bit longer, been around law enforcement in Jefferson County just a little bit longer than me. Uh, a familiar face that they worked with and didn't deal with as, as administration will go a long way to increase morale. They're getting a guy that's that's been out there and working the streets with them in the past. I think that's going to make them uh, – uh, one happy and uh, they're going to have a great outlook for the future. Uh, so morale will, will increase. Um, the training aspect of this. So I didn't go into great detail about who I am and what I've done in my life, but my entire uh, adult professional career has been law enforcement. I started back in 98 as a police officer in Ranson. Actually, before that, back in the early 90s, I was uh, a Frederick County Sheriff's Department cadet in Virginia. So I've been doing this for uh, quite some time, but we'll stick to the professional side of things. 1998, I became a uh, law enforcement instructor many years uh, after that. And I actually served uh, with the United States Department of State as a law enforcement instructor. Now, I did that here uh, across the country and worldwide. There is not another candidate on this ticket who appreciates training as much as I do. I, this, is, this was my full-time job for 10-plus years. I wasn't a part-time instructor who went back to the station and took calls. I was full-time law enforcement instructor. Uh, you name it, I have instructed in it, I've teached it, I've, I've, I've written curriculum, developed it, and, and delivered it. Um, I plan on, so in law enforcement West Virginia, there's a minimum training certification required, minimum hours, it's got to cover certain topics. All of that has to be done. Uh, continuing education is also mandated by law, that has to be done. But the training that is sometimes used as your mandatory yearly training is the same thing officers get year after year after year. And I'm not saying that good repetitive training shouldn't be in uh, the future. What I'm saying is the repetitive, repetitive free cheap training that we use to, to continue or, or to keep our certifications, 
I'm going to stop that. Um, we're going to start looking at things like your everyday um, tools, uh, firearm control and retention type of stuff, driving. These guys, some of them have never even been through a driving school before. We have a great facility right over here where I live at in, in Summit Point. Oh, the, the Speedway, you mean? The, I the, mean, slash whatever. Yeah, the Speedway has been a government training facility for uh, 30 years approximately. I worked there. I taught there. That is, that is world-renowned. Some of my students that came to me, their, the, the, the plateau of their career or the pinnacle of their career was to come to Summit Point to receive training. These are people in the entire world, okay? We have excellent ability to get excellent training right over here at Summit Point. So why aren't we using it? They can deliver great everyday training that, that, or, or training that we use uh, or could use every day. Again, drivers training, firearms, uh, defensive techniques and, and restraints and, and, and such. Those are things that officers graduate from the academy and they rarely ever see it again. And, and in a world where we keep seeing uh, uh, aggressive, abusive law enforcement, uh, why aren't we focusing on those issues? <clears throat> that's that's yeah. really what we need to be focusing on. So you would beef up the training more than just some kind of repetitive standard thing, give more useful things like you're talking about, real life things, things or training. We, things that we use every day. Uh, okay. I'm not saying that the other stuff isn't important, but when you, when you look at, hey, we drive a car every single day and we haven't had training in 20 years on it. Uh, but we might see this style of incident take place once a year and I'm sending every guy to training for that one incident every year because that training is given to us for free. I, I get it. It's free. It, it's a minimum requirement, but I'm tired of, of doing that. I want to deliver great training to uh, our organization. In fact, I, I don't want to just do it here. I want to do it in the entire panhandle. Uh, I have been talking with the sheriff candidate from Berkeley County, uh, Nate Harmon. In fact, Nate Harmon and I have uh, been co-workers in the past. Our career paths have been very similar. Uh, if you just kind of move one spot to another spot, they, they would actually be identical. Uh, in fact, the current serving sheriff, uh, uh, Curtis Keller, uh, was also uh, a co-worker of mine with the, with the federal government. Um, <clears throat> but I've talked to Nathan Harmon about developing uh, curriculum based on the needs of the Eastern Panhandle, not based on what is provided from uh, the rest of the state, the center of the state, the southern portion of West Virginia. The Eastern Panhandle is not like the rest of West Virginia, and we have got to develop training that more accurately um, uh, represents what we need. Okay, that's yeah. fair. So that would lead maybe my last question is about funding. So would the training require a lot more funding, a little more, no more? Also, um, 
just maybe uh, if you want to address the issue of like, is the sheriff's department sufficiently funded? Is there any issues regarding funding you want to talk about? Are there any issues I should say? All right. So to start with your training, uh, is it going to cost more money? Yeah, it's going to cost more money. I don't think that anybody would uh, want to argue with me right now uh, about giving me money to train. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to use that as an excuse to squander a bunch of money into a training budget. Um, <clears throat> there are things that we can do. We can apply for federal grants. Uh, that's not free money. Folks, if somebody says we can get free money from the government, remember, it's tax money. That's right. It's not free, okay? Uh, so I can't I, that, that's one of the things that irritates me when I hear some of the other guys talk they say well we can get this free money from the government and we can get free training no it's not free money from the government we can apply for grant money that grant money is actually tax money yes we can do that and I'm, I plan on doing that um, we have to do that let's flip this thing back about eight months ago COVID-19 hit it shut this county down for three months the bulk of our uh, money comes from the property taxes. What the percentage is, I'm not exactly sure, but it's more than what we get from businesses. But if you don't think three months or a quarter of the year worth of business income into this county isn't going to hurt, then you're kidding yourself. It's going to hurt. I've heard other people running for sheriff running for other elected offices get into this thing and say we're gonna be just fine uh i never thought that for a minute i said every day that this continues is 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 it's just going to get worse and and we have to start looking at when does this end uh at the end of it i still heard people say oh we're doing we're doing fine now everybody sees that there's a problem we had a problem when this thing hit uh, so we have to figure out how we're going to provide essential services to this county. I'm not talking just the sheriff's office. The All of the essential services that we provide, we have to figure out how we're going to do that. And unfortunately, what I think is going to happen is the non-essential services that we also provide are going to have to take a sideline. People don't want to hear that. You can't take that away from me. Well, we have to do something. We have to find, uh, we have to use the money that we do have for the things that we as as government employees have to provide you. Yeah, there seems like there have to be some trimming all around. I mean, absolutely. Everybody has to trim. So a big question is, and I get this a lot, what about manpower? Uh, A lot of the officer morale that I'm hearing from other people is that there's not enough people at the sheriff's office. I don't believe that is a huge issue in in the officer morale. In fact, I think on day one, if I was to walk into that sheriff's office, I can provide everything I need to provide with the manpower that I have. I'm going to mix things up a little bit and that's going to help with the manpower issues. Um, So, I cannot walk in. Well, let's go, let's go back a year, a year ago, this about this time last year. 
uh, the new budget stuff was being thought of and created, and the current sheriff asked for 10 new, 10 new deputies. He hasn't asked for 10 deputies since he's been in office. So it's kind of weird that he's asking for it in the last, in this very last year as sheriff, uh, but he asked for it. Where are we going to get the budget? We have to actually look at trimming what we have to keep what we have. We can't afford to bring on 10 new guys. It would be great if we could. I'm not real sure that we need 10 men immediately. But this, this county continues to grow. So the sheriff's office has to continue to grow. There has to be a plan put in place to grow everything about the sheriff's office. Law enforcement deputies, tax office deputies, uh, court security, I don't believe has the manpower right now to adequately provide safety in the courthouses and all of the other things that the sheriff's office has to do. Uh, animal control, uh, they, they are probably at a, a make or break kind of period in, in, in their department. Uh, it's very little funding. Things are kind of falling apart over there. Uh, so we have to make a plan. We have to put that plan in place and we have to stick to that plan. A minimum, we have to stick to the plan. Uh, so yes, uh, I'm not, uh, I, the sheriff's office is going to grow. When does it happen? How does it happen? I don't really know right now because the plans I had took a backseat once COVID came in. So those plans are, are no good. And it does doesn't really do any of us uh, a lot of good to try to create a plan when we're still trying to fight the current situation that we're in. We've got to see uh, the, the light at the end of the uh, tunnel here before we can start making a plan for when we get out of the tunnel. Okay. All right. Well, Annette, we're going to wind things down on that uh, note. I wonder just anything else you want to address, like why the voters want to choose you compared to the other you know, a three or so, three plus, I guess, candidates in closing. Yeah, so if, if you really, we have some experienced, uh, law enforcement experienced candidates, which is great compared to um, what we've had previous. Uh, a lot of inexperience and a lot of just absolute no experience in law enforcement. I think what stands me above and beyond what everybody else has to offer this county is the diversity in my experience. I have been a law enforcement officer right here in Jefferson County. I left and worked for the United States Department of State's law enforcement branch as a law enforcement instructor. I've been doing this for over 20 years. I've done it here and worldwide. I've held multiple ranks. My, my jobs have been, uh, for the most part, all inclusive of a lot of different things. I'm not gonna name off all 20 or 30 different things that I've ever done in law enforcement. Uh, but my diversity is what sets, sets me apart from my from that, it, it being a, a public employee to being a business owner that I currently am, 
my business itself is wrapped up in law enforcement. It, com it is completely uh, uh, related to the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution. I spend my work days in the courthouse and at the jail. Uh, I have uh, the uh, power of, of arrest. So even outside of that, that public paycheck I used to get, my own functioning company, which is not paid for by the government, paid for by, by individuals uh, that, that pay me for my services, uh, everything about my adult career has been law enforcement. So when we're talking uh, the sheriff's position in particular, and you're dealing with uh, what is written in the Constitution, his job, criminal, civil, uh, and, and taxes. I, I, have, I have covered all of those, and I've been very successful in doing all of those. And if you look at my competition, you'll see a history of a lot of failed uh, um, inability to uh, complete tasks and, and serve their, their, their office. You're not going to find that with me. Uh, so come November 3rd, before you get there, do your research. Don't, you don't have to listen to me. I want you to go and do your research, look into each and every one of these individuals and come out of it and, and, and tell yourself uh, what you want as a sheriff and go check that box. Uh, I'm going to be there. I'm, I'm the last one in, in the column, uh, Cox for Sheriff. Okay. All right. We'll close it. Well, thank you very much for coming on today. And um, do make sure you vote on November 3rd or, uh, well, you can vote early too. And early 21st to the 31st. Okay, there you go. So, um, yes, I'm your host, Rich Urban, coming from Historic Harper's Ferry, and Doobie Bus, and we'll see you next time.